It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. Roddy takes the snap. He'll look to the right side. He's throwing deep again, going to the end zone, up in the air. Touchdown, Eskimos! Adarius Bowman. Hey, that's three. From Carpat and Finland, Jesse Pujarvi. He takes the snap, and J.C. Sherritt goes over the top. The Eskimo defense has done it. Eskimos win the football game. It is short. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chet. Oh, those Russians. An independent investigation led by a Canadian law professor confirming widespread state-sponsored doping in Russian sports. This is from Richard McLaren out of Western University. He unveiled his findings this morning. He says labs in Moscow in Sochi protected Russian athletes. I'd like to stress I'm supremely confident in our findings. We have evidence from interviews, documents, forensic analysis, and testing that supports our findings. And we've only considered evidence that is beyond a reasonable doubt. And the evidence in the report is all meets that standard. And he says that this state-run system helped athletes get away with cheating and win medals at the 2014 Olympics. The swapping occurred largely as described in the New York Times article. During the night, the samples were passed through what the IP team called a mouse hole from the lab inside the secure perimeter to an adjacent operations room outside the perimeter. From there, the sample bottles will be taken from the operations room. Now, the idea of this muscle and the implementation of it uh, was accomplished by the combined activity of the second in charge of the Moscow lab and by the FSB in a secret operation. The FSB, the uh, new version of the KGB, in uh, Russia, the KGB, of course, existed under the Soviet Union, and that uh, the samples they're talking about, urine samples, and basically uh, swapping out dirty samples for clean ones to hide the doping. So we've already seen the uh, Russian track and field team banned from the Rio Olympics. Now some people saying, let's ban the entire Russian Olympic team, all Russian Olympians from Brazil. This is a uh, huge story, and we'll see what the fallout is going to be leading into the Olympic Games. That's our top story tonight. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Thanks for tuning in. It is 6.08. My name is Reed Wilkins, and for reaction to this, we are going to dive right into the phone lines, and we have Angela White on the phone, Edmontonian. She is qualified for her third Olympic Games in the 100-meter hurdles. Angela, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing, first of all? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and uh, I mean, you're a, you're a longtime member of the Canadian track and field team. You've completed internationally. I mean, for we're talking almost 20 years here, so you've you've been on the start line a lot. When you hear this coming out today, I'll start generally. 
What's your reaction to what the, the Russians were doing, have been doing? In, in all honesty, and I think this goes for many of us, it, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous the extent that people would go to uh, to, to play sports. You know, to, to win. It's, it's just kind of ridiculous when you hear about the mouse hole and the swapping of samples. And it just seems like a whole lot of wasted time for, for something that is it's just ridiculous. So, I, I mean, look, Angela, the, the doping first entered my sort of mind as a 14-year-old when one of my Canadian heroes at the time, Ben Johnson, lost his gold medal in 1988. It, it existed before that. It has continued, obviously, to exist since then. And I don't want to make it sound like Russia's the only um, Russian athletes are the only guilty ones, though this is, this, this is pretty large. Is there a way to get this out of Olympic sports, out of sports? Do they need to throw every Russian athlete out of the Olympics? Where can we go from here? Um, yeah, and, and it's a really tough question because, you know, since the beginning of of sports, everybody's always tried to get a leg up somehow, right? Um, I think the Russians are being used as an example, and, and they, you know, the ones that are guilty or deservedly should be thrown out. Um, there there are plenty of, of athletes across the world who are doping. So this isn't just to say it's just the Russians, let's just get rid of them. But I think it goes back to, it's a bigger, it's a bigger commentary on, on how we view sport. Uh, I like to think of it as um, when we're kids on the playground and we're playing tag, right? Uh, there are some kids who want to change the rules to be able to benefit them. And at that point, when the rules keep changing or some rules apply to some people and not to others, at some point nobody wants to play tag anymore, you know? And I think that's kind of the simplest way to, to break it down is, you know, at some point, like if we cannot respect the rules, then what is the point of, of even participating? Speaking of that, I mean, you've 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 been in more meets than than I'm sure you can remember over the years. And as I mentioned, you're going to your third Olympics. Have you ever had that experience of lining up to somebody and thinking, okay, I, I don't think this person in the lane next to me is clean. I think something's going on here. And and if you have felt that way, how, how do you how do you deal with that? Yeah, and you know, I think unfortunately I have had that thought, uh, and so much speculation and and it's unfortunate because even if somebody does an amazing performance automatically people are like are they on something you know and it's and it's sad because maybe that person has done it fair fair and just with their abilities and and proper training and nutrition and rest um i have lined up against people who then have subsequently been caught you know and and it's kind of funny because now a lot of clean athletes want to be it would be great if they're just fourth or third because at some point they're thinking that they might get bumped up to second or first just by the virtue of, of uh, retroactive testing or whatever the case may be. And how do you deal with that? I mean, for me, I want to see how well I can do with my strengths and with my weaknesses. And if there's somebody on the line who is doping, and I don't know who, and I'm not, I can't speculate or I'll, I can't get crazy over it. All I know is if there is somebody next to me who is doping, then I know I am by far a much superior athlete than they are because I have I've done it within the rules with my abilities 
and I'm okay with what I can do with what I have been given naturally. Angela White joining us, Olympic sprinter, of course, Edmonton native. She is going to the Olympics in Rio. It'll be her third Games. Angela, can you tell us, I mean, how often are you are you tested? Are you only tested around competition time? Have you been subject to random tests? What's that experience like for you? Oh, yeah. No, um, over my years, and, and it, it kind of um, it goes in a pattern. So the better you are, the more more tested you're going to be. And I, I forget what it was, but Donovan Bailey leading up to the Atlanta Olympics was tested an insane amount of times. Um, I've had testers come to my house uh, knocking at, you know, 7 in the morning or whatever the case is, and it's a part of it. And I think if that's, if that's what we have to do as athletes to participate, then I'm more than happy. I've never uh, – I mean – Sometimes it hurts when you're at a competition and you don't do so well, and then you're picked for drug testing. So it's a little bit of salt in the wound. But I, I've never had an issue, and, and I do the best that I can with, with supplements. At times, I'm super scared with some of the supplements that I'm taking, even though it says informed choice on it. Anytime you're putting anything in your body, you know, you just you hope that the things that you're doing, uh, if you do them right, you know, because I know supplementation is a pretty – uh, dangerous field for us as well, right? And I know there are plenty of athletes who want to do things the right way, and they double check the supplements. And um, it's just a part of it's part of what we have to do. Well, it's I mean, like I said, this is not a new story. I, I think the scope of this story uh, is possibly new. I, I know some people are texting in saying, is this not more of a political story than a sports story? I, I understand that, but it certainly affects sports. And, and like you said, it affects a lot of people who uh, who are competing clean and, and who have been trying to achieve as much as they can, quote unquote, uh, quote unquote, naturally. Uh, Angela, just just for an update here, I know you ran at the uh, at the Tracktown Classic at Foot Field over the weekend. Just g- give your fans here a sense of uh, what's ahead for you in the next couple of weeks, and when are you going to be on the track in Rio? Yeah, actually, um, so not the best showing at the at the Track Classic, which is unfortunate because I, I always want to be able to, to represent Edmonton well, but. Um, with every failure, if you will, there's there's always a, a positive side to it. So I'm back in my training base down in Moscow, Idaho, um, the other Moscow, I guess. Um, <laughs> and I'm just trying to prepare as best as possible, uh, seeing where I can improve um, within these next few weeks. Uh, I'll be here until the 29th, and then we are uh, heading out to a camp. We have an option of going to a camp. Uh, I think it's about half or three hours south of Rio. So I'll be heading to that camp. Um, and then I believe my race goes on August 15th as the first round for the women's women's hurdles. So just trying to get prepared to, to be able to do the best that I can uh, once I step on the track in Rio. All right. Well, Angela, we appreciate uh, your thoughts on this uh, on this topic today. And uh, I know I've talked to you a couple times over the last uh, last two weeks here. So thanks again for your time. And yeah, all the best in Rio. I mean, we got some texts coming in saying that uh, Edmontonians are going to be watching for you and and pulling for you for sure. So really appreciate oh, your time thank tonight. You. Yeah, and I just want to say thank you for everybody who supports us. Uh, uh, any track fans out there who support the Canadian team. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. Right on. That is Angela White checking in tonight. 100-meter hurdler.
ready to go to the Olympics for the third time. Tell you what, you can text 630-630. You can tweet me at Reed Wilkins. The email is inside sports at 630ched.com, and we'll have some time for open line in a few minutes as well. We talked to a summer Olympian. Now we're going to talk in a couple of minutes to someone who competed in 2014 in Sochi when a lot of this was supposedly going on. We'll talk to another Edmontonian. Hey, he won a silver medal in the Olympics in the men's halfpipe. Mike Riddle when we get back. You're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Thanks for tuning in tonight. A lot to get to. We will go to Nashville where P.K. Subban made a splash over the last couple days as he's officially unveiled as a Nashville Predator. Dave Campbell has the Eskimo show from 8 to 9 tonight. Next game for the Green and Gold is Saturday. They will host the Hamilton Tiger Cats. It's on Chad, 3.30 for the pregame show, 5 o'clock for the kickoff. The story we're dealing with now, this huge Russian doping scandal, an independent investigation led by a Canadian law professor, Richard McLaren, out of Western University, Uh, confirming widespread state-sponsored doping in Russian sports. Uh, This followed up a New York Times story that detailed the state-run system that helped athletes get away with cheating and win medals at the Sochi Games in 2014. And Edmonton's Mike Riddle won a silver medal in the men's halfpipe at those games. And we're going to catch up with Mike now. Mike, welcome back to the show. Haven't uh, had a chance to interview you since uh, your Sochi success. How have you been, man? I've been pretty good. Um, thanks for having me back, Reed. Yeah, well, I wish it was maybe a more pleasant topic we could be talking about. But uh, yeah, no kidding. I'll start with the same uh, general question I just asked Hurdler Angela White. When you hear this story coming out and kind of being confirmed by the Canadian investigator, what's your reaction? Uh, well, I mean, it's disheartening, obviously, to hear that there's um, doping happening at all, and then especially to see that it was state-sponsored. That's uh, that's pretty frightening for me, actually. <laughs> did, did you, did you, I mean, when, when this comes out and, and given you were in Sochi, do you say, okay, I suspected something was, was up or do you say this doesn't surprise me or, or, or I mean, have you become that cynical about the, the Olympics and the, and the sports that you compete in and go on around you? Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of hard to give you my honest, like first opinion because it's been in the news so much that I feel a bit, um, jaded, but um, it it does surprise me um, the level at which it was happening. I mean, I think that um, doping is obviously an issue in sports. Um, you, a lot of endurance sports, athletics, obviously, it's it's huge. And like cycling with the Tour de France in the last couple of years, um, it's obviously on people's minds. Um, but it definitely surprised me to hear that it was at, as um, a sophisticated and um, like including how many levels it did, I just I didn't see that coming um, at all, really. <laughs> right. Well, in your specific event, uh, yeah. the best Russian competitor finished twenty fourth and didn't qualify for the final. You obviously uh, qualified. Uh, well, you qualified in sixth and then wound up finishing second. So there there was no Russian in your final group of twelve. Yeah. Does that make you feel any better, or like, I don't know? Uh, well. To be honest, in my sport, I'm not really worried about doping at all. I don't. I mean, I suppose it could help with recovery or um, something that help if you were at altitude. But honestly, I just don't think that um, there's 
much of a drug that could be performance enhancing for ski half pipe at the moment. Um, I really, so I'm not, I wasn't worried about it personally, um, but I definitely think a lot of uh, athletes I know and, um, and compete or are friends with, um, they probably would be worried about it. Um, I think there's um, definitely certain um, disciplines where it's more of an issue. Right, because Angela said she's had the experience of, you know, getting into the blocks and thinking like, okay, I don't, I'm not sure the person next to me is totally clean. You've you've never had that where, you know, you think, oh man, how this guy gets so good so fast or something like that. No, I, yeah. in in half pipe, it, I've never been worried about competing against someone who's been having an unfair advantage at all. Okay, well that that's encouraging to hear, though. Yeah. Though I know that the the story itself doesn't doesn't make you uh, overly happy, Mike. I mean, what what can we do? I mean, the, the the there's talk of the Russian team just being excluded from Rio, and that could have fallout for the next Winter Olympics as well. Does does that need to happen in in, in your mind? Yeah, I mean, there, something has to happen. Obviously, I mean, it's such a um, I mean, if it's a state sponsored thing and it's as ingrained as they say it is, then maybe that's the best solution. I just feel bad because I know that um, I'm sure there are some Russians within the system, some athletes who are clean because I like I'm sure the Russian I'm not sure, but <laughs> the Russian half pipe skiers I'd be surprised if they were doping. Um, a bunch of and I'm just saying that because that's a sport I know and I but I'm sure there are clean athletes in there, so it would suck for those ones to get banned from it and have to suffer for the rest of the team. But at the same time, there something does have to happen. I mean, you there you definitely want that the Olympics and sport in general to be clean. And at this point in um, like where we are, it just seems like it's a, it's in the news every couple of days and it's yeah, something definitely has to be done. Well, it, it, it sullies everything, doesn't it? Doesn't it? I mean, someone achieves something spectacular and people say, Oh, they must be dirty, right? You can't, yeah. you can't do anything and, and it's not celebrated the same way it might've been at one point. Yeah. I mean, it, there's, so many instances in the news over the last 10 years of every different sport, like, I don't know, cycling, baseball. It's, it, it's kind of ingrained and people are starting to think that, oh, it's a great performance. Yeah, it was, it was probably helped by some sort of performance-enhancing drug, and that sucks, especially, like, as an athlete. I'm, like, I don't want, um, like, anything I do to be viewed in that light or, um, like, everybody I ski with, I, like, I, I just uh, I think it's unfair to everyone involved and uh, like I, I don't know I just I think that yeah an example needs to be made um, but at the same time it's like to do something fairly to administer the punishment fairly is hard to uh, make sure everyone's competing fairly it's, it's just it's a nightmare honestly uh, half pipe uh, half pipe competitor Mike Riddle joining a silver medalist at the uh, Winter Olympics in Sochi I asked Angela the same question, and I'm curious about your experience. How often are you tested? I mean, do you have the I was woken up in the middle of the night to pee story, or how does it work for you? Yeah, I've been tested a fair bit. Um, I I can't say other sports how often it happens, but in our sport, um, over the last five or six years, I've been tested several times a year. Um, Obviously, at the Olympics, it's a little, like before and after, they're a little more on it. I got tested twice in Sochi, um, and then... I, I don't know, probably right now, like two times a year, be my guess, for like last year and this year. And it's just completely random, eh? Uh, it can be. I mean, it can also be not random. If you go to a, a World Cup event and you podium, you can pretty much guarantee, right. well, you're <laughs> going to be tested. Okay. Um, they also generally, well, at World Cups, they'll take top three and then a random from finals. So if you make finals, there's always a chance you'll be tested. Um, and then 
throughout um, Canada sport and um, and WADA, they can if you're on um, a whereabouts program, they can test you kind of whenever, um, and then still they'll still find ways to test you wherever. Last year, I was at a training camp in Calgary. Um, but wasn't on the whereabouts program at the time, and the um, drug tester showed up to our house that we had rented at 6 in the morning to test everyone in the house. So, I mean, we're always, um, they can test us whenever they want, and we know that. Okay. Well, yeah. Mike, uh, I, I appreciate your time. Just give us a quick update here. Uh, how's your training going this summer, and when do you get going with World Cup stuff again? Uh, my training's going good. I'm out in Whistler right now for a, a gym training camp. Uh, till the 29th, and then um, I'll get going on snow in August. I'm going to New Zealand on the 21st, so I'll be down there for a big portion of August and September and even a little bit of October, um, getting ready for the season. And then our first uh, World Cup is in uh, early, mid-December, early to mid-December, somewhere in there. All right, and i got to ask this. Where do you keep your Olympic medal, or who has it? <laughs> uh, well, right now um, it's at my girlfriend's place. Um, and it just lives on a shelf, so okay. it's not 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 locked up or anything. It it's still I still have to take it places every once in a while, so there's no point in putting it anywhere too hidden away or secure. So yeah, <laughs> awesome stuff, Mike. Thanks for your opinion tonight on this. Uh, I, I know a tough day for uh, for Olympic athletes, just because it, like I said, it does a, kind of kind of affect everybody who's who's ever competed, even 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 clean guys like you. So I appreciate you weighing in on this tonight, Mike. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. That is Mike Riddle, Edmonton's own, and uh, yes, silver medalist in 2014. You can weigh on this uh, as well. Where are you at with doping? Are you are you starting to accept it? How do they punish the Russian team? Are you, are you even at the point where you think it can be eliminated? Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three, or you can text six thirty six thirty. We're back on Inside Sports after the news. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. How are you doing tonight? Inside Sports on 630 Chad. It is 635. My name is Reed Wilkins. The Toronto Blue Jays are off today. They're third in the American League East. Three games back of division-leading Baltimore, and uh, the Orioles are trailing the Yankees 2-1 in the middle of the fourth inning. FC Edmonton winning yesterday at Clark 1-0 over the Ottawa Fury. Nick Ledgerwood with the only goal of the game with about eight minutes left. FC Edmonton has won six straight at home. As I mentioned, the Eskimos' next game is Hamilton. The Eskimos' show coming up from 8-9 to tonight. J.C. Sherritt will be one of... Dave Campbell's guests. Uh, trade today in the NHL. The Ottawa Senators get Derek Brassard from the New York Rangers. Mika Zibanejad going the other way. Zibanejad 51 points last season. Brassard had 58. All right. You can text 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. We're talking uh, about this story today. The uh, investigation led by a Canadian law professor confirming the uh, New York Times story that there was this state-run, highly coordinated uh, doping um, system set up by the Russians for the 2014 Winter Olympics that, of course, they hosted. Um, I, I want to focus on a couple of texts here I, I got into 630-630. The Big L, thanks for listening again tonight, buddy. 
Uh, hey, Reed, I was in Rome for the 87 World Track and Field Championships and witnessed Ben Johnson beat Carl Lewis. The following year, when Ben tested positive, all I could think is that they should have two races at such events, one for all the athletes on some kind of performance-enhancing concoction, and the other race for all the liars. <laughs> that is from the Big L. So I have one race for everybody who admits that they're on steroids, or I guess PEDs as they're commonly called now, and uh, the other race for people who also are on steroids but won't admit it. Some people have said that. Why not just have the uh, so-called Dirty Olympics and the Clean Olympics? Here's the race for all the uh, superhumans. You know, let them do whatever they want. Dope. Robotics. You know, you could have the Cyborg Olympics and then you could have the regular Olympics. The Modified Olympics and the Non-Modified Olympics. Mike texts in and says, Actions speak louder than words. Ban the entire Russian team. Anything less will have no effect. Uh, I, I mean, there's expected to be more on this tomorrow. I, I, you know, watching and reading stuff today, there's one suggestion saying that they could ban the entire Russian team, but individual Russian athletes could appeal to compete in the Olympics saying, hey, I've never specifically tested positive or look at my results, I'm clearly not doing anything wrong, all that kind of stuff. And then they would be allowed to compete in Rio, but not under the Russian flag. They would be under just the IOC flag, which has happened before. I remember back, was that in 92 when the Soviet Union was dissolving and they had the unified team that just competed under the, the Russian flag or the, uh, the Olympic flag? I mean, Mike's point there is an interesting one. Is I mean, look, to, to, is this is this elementary school justice, as a way to put it? Did you ever have the teacher where, if a few guys were talking, they would ban the whole class from going out for recess? Is this a situation you have to do with the Russian team, where you have to just say, you know what, there's so much wrong, and maybe it's not every individual athlete's or coach's fault, but there's so much wrong systemically with what you're doing to try to get your athletes medals, we're just going to punish everybody. And if you're innocent, if you're an innocent Russian athlete and you we're taking away a medal, too bad. Because you've taken them, your country has taken away medals from other people. Is that is is that what they're going to have to do with the Russian team? I wouldn't have a problem with that. If they just said, Russia, you're out of real. And I, I not let the individual athletes appeal. Even if they're, it looks like, you know what, it looks like you're clean, too bad. You can't go. Your whole country is out. I mean, there was the stuff with the U18 hockey team earlier this year. Sharapova's uh, been in trouble in tennis. They were embarrassed with how they did in Vancouver. I believe it was 15 medals total and only three gold. They were hosting in 2014. So the Russians say to themselves, we have to get better. So the one way to do that is through coaching and training, athlete development, all that kind of stuff. The other way to do it is just to set up a very complex yet efficient doping program that is you know, supported at very high levels in Russia. And then, you know, at the time, they pulled it off. Here's the thing. For the Russians that got on the podium... And, and, you know, maybe some, as this continues down the road, you could see Russian athletes stripped of their medals. 
I mean, this happened with, with someone who I used to interview fairly regularly, Becky Scott, cross-country skier from Vermilion. Got on the medal podium, got her gold medal two years after the 2002 Olympics. Finished third. Somebody got stripped of their medal. She moved up a spot. Somebody else got stripped of her medal, then she got the gold. Would have been nice for her to actually hear the anthem and get all the pomp and circumstance and the glory at the actual Olympic Games instead of a ceremony two years later. She's still recorded as the gold medalist. She, she knew she raced clean either way. But these Russian athletes kind of had their moment. I mean, this kind of worked, didn't it? Embarrassing now for the Russians. They kind of pulled it off. Todd says they should be banned to teach the whole country and system a lesson. If you will allow individual appeal, they'll find a way through like they always do. That is from Todd. Mike in Sturgeon County. Hello, Mike. He goes, I bet China is just as bad. Just saying. Well, and you know what? That, that's the, Mike nails the unfortunate, sad state of Olympic athletics. And, and maybe we got to recognize athletics as a whole. Do you remember when they, they first started finally testing for, for PEDs in baseball? And the common thinking was, after everything that had happened with, with Bonds and McGuire and Sosa, that all these power hitters are now going to be exposed. And I can remember, you know, a lot of people thought pitchers aren't going to be as guilty. Well, the first, I, I think there were about 50 guys who tested positively initially, and it was pretty much split down the middle, middle pitchers and hitters. So you, you have a situation where you think, oh, well, that type of athlete wouldn't do it or it wouldn't help their strength. But this is the thing. Average people like us sitting around, there are a lot of ways to dope. We're probably not aware of all of them. And unfortunately, the people trying to catch dopers aren't aware of all of them because what do they say? The dopers are always step a step ahead. The criminals are already a step ahead. You can't know you have to test for something until you suspect someone of doing it. So then you develop the test for it. So like Mike says, I bet China is just as bad. Well, maybe China's just as bad. I mean, look, let's, let's be honest here. Not every single Canadian athlete going to Rio is clean. I would bet a significant amount of money that, unfortunately. This is something that has spread its tendrils through all countries and probably all levels of sports, all variety of sport. And we've seen in NHL players test. We've seen, I mean, name the league. Somebody's tested positive for something. We know people are going to try to do it. Is it more widespread in Olympic sports and World Cup sports? Because there is so much riding on the Olympics, so much money, so much glory. All that kind of stuff. Russia didn't want to be embarrassed on home soil. Had to win as many medals as possible. So they set up. Now, this is pretty bad because this is systemic. This is not one athlete saying, oh, I'm sick of losing or I think, I think the people I'm lining up against are doing it, so I'm going to do it. This, 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 is, this is pretty bad. But I agree with those of you saying, just kick Russia out of Rio. People who aren't doping, too bad. you got to sit out. you got to sit out. Because this is so bad, and it's if if for if, if this is ever going to somehow change, and I don't know if it's 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 like saying, well, let's eliminate crime from society. I'm not saying you're ever going to eliminate doping, 
But if you really want people to think twice about doing it, the punishment has to be severe. And I don't know if there's a more a greater punishment than throwing a country out of the Olympic Games, including the quote-unquote innocent athletes. Then maybe that's going to make everybody think twice about doing it. But unfortunately, this is everywhere. It's obviously available. I mean, hey, look, I, maybe I should do this as an experiment. Do you think I could find some kind of illegal steroid or PED and have it for inside sports tomorrow in 23 hours and 15 minutes? I probably could if I really wanted to find it that bad. 780-496-0063. You can also text 63630. A little more on this. We're going to talk a little hockey as well. P.K. Subban making a splash in Nashville. Predators play-by-play voice Pete Weber slated to join us as well at 645. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. You know, we had the Big L mention the 1987 World Championships and the Ben Johnson-Carl Lewis rivalry. Of course, it was 88 in Seoul, South Korea, where Ben blazed to the finish line in a 9-7-9. Carl Lewis second, 9-9-2. Of course, Lewis winds up, winds up first after Johnson was disqualified a couple of days later. There was that uh, really good 30 for 30 documentary probably three or four years ago, probably four years ago now, uh, 979, about that race, about some of the stuff that, that, that happened to Johnson. You know, was, was he set up? Set, set up? Did, the, did the Lewis camp do some shady things to make sure Ben tested positive? Now, Ben was running dirty. There's no doubt about that. Uh, there are a lot of people who believe, and, uh, you know, you can look at other testing results that have come out since then, that of the eight men in that final, only one of them was running clean, and that was Calvin Smith, who wound up third after the Johnson disqualification. He ran a 9.99. That was the first time anyone broke 10 seconds and finished in third place. And, uh, you know, Smith has insisted that, that he was clean, and I know a lot of people who covered track and field at that time believed it. Arthur says, uh, I agree with you, Reed. Ban them all and set an example. It is an issue bigger than the Olympics. Uh, the Big L texting back. He says, Reed, oh, this is good. He says, if you want to read a good book about athletics and cheating, Richard Moore's The Dirtiest Race in History is a good read. It elaborates in detail on the 30 for 30 documentary. Thanks for that, Big L. I'll have to check that out. Richard Moore, The Dirtiest Race in History. If you're jotting that down at home, Arthur says, is the IOC any better? They're all crooked, aren't they, with the bribes from the host countries? Well, Arthur, again, fair point. Another sort of road to take this conversation down. Wait, what, what is virtuous and pure about the Olympics anymore? Nothing. I mean, they, st- they, they kind of want you to believe it's this pinnacle of sport. And hey, you know what? I hope all the Canadians do great. It, it was great to have two... Edmonton Olympians on the show right off the top. Uh, and I'm glad that they've had the chance. I mean, Riddle was on the podium. Angela's going to be showcased again in Rio. But, I mean, Arthur's right. What, a, what about the Olympics game, uh, the Olympic Games, isn't under a, a, a shroud of controversy, right? I mean, like, like Riddle said, 
I think Riddle says I'm clean, and I think my sport of half pipe is probably clean. But just being an Olympian, being associated with this, kind of just makes everybody feel awful. Kind of makes the whole process look bad. The, all, all the events look bad, whether they're specifically associated with doping or not. I mean, that's where we're at with the Olympics. So what are we going to do? Let me ask you this. Are you going to not watch the Olympics? I mean, I'm still going to watch them. Can you, be a, can you be a sports fan and say, I'm just going to not watch the Olympics because I am so fed up. I'm going to turn my back on Canadian athletes. I'm going to turn my back on clean athletes, and I'm not going to pay attention. I mean, how do, you, how do you make an impact? And again, maybe, as I've said and some of you have suggested, maybe banning the whole Russian team for this year starts to make an impact. Maybe if fans don't go to the stadiums, don't watch it on TV, does, does that send a message? That'd have to be pretty massive for that to happen. I mean, can you hurt the sponsors? Can you hurt the TV ratings? All that kind of stuff. How else do you get through to them? It's 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 just it it's it's sad. It's sad. I mean, when when someone says to you, "What's the first thing that comes to your mind when you mention the Olympics?" I wonder how many of you would just say steroids. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if you listed if, if you did a family feud thing. <laughs> you know, for lack of a better example, what's the guy's name that does Family Feud now, Bernard? Steve Harvey is that the guy's name? Yeah. Steve Harvey said, we got the top five answers on the board. What's the first thing to your mind? What's the first thing that comes to your mind when I say the word Olympics? You can bet doping would be probably in the top three. You might have medals. You might have the rings. You know, whatever. Probably dope before you named an athlete or a moment or anything like that. Well, doping. That, that's what it's come to. This supposedly great, pure amateur sporting event, which is, isn't anymore. That's another thing that's changed. Well, what do you think? Well, people are using drugs. Uh, this texture says, I don't have a name on this one. Sign your first name if you can, please. If you can't beat them, join them. I say open it up and let them do whatever they want. If it's steroids, then let the, everybody take them to even the field. Well, some people have suggested that. I don't know if that's a solution. I don't know if I would want to see that. But some people have said, let's just have the dirty games. Let's just let them all juice. Do whatever they want. Inside Sports presented by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. You can visit actionfurnace.ca. We got uh, Tony on the line. Hello, Tony. How's it going, Reed? Oh, I'm doing great. How have you been, Tony? Uh, good. Hey, just a quick comment. I think you're maybe a little uh, another name other than Steve Harvey because he couldn't get the uh, Miss Universe pageant thing right. So, <laughs> hey, we've all been embarrassed on live television or radio, Tony, haven't we? <laughs> uh, yes, both of us, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> no problem, buddy. Okay, is that all you had? <laughs> yes, sir. Okay, Steve. Well, who was the other? Was it Richard Dawson that used to host? Yeah, Richard Dawson. But you know what? He liked to kiss everyone too much. I didn't like that. You can't do that anymore, Tony. Right on. Okay, see you, buddy. <laughs> Tony with, uh, yeah, it was Steve Harvey. But he read the runner-up name. He read the runners-up name as the winner. And then he had to be like, oh, sorry, you didn't win. It was this other woman. Uh, oh, <laughs> Mike texting and He goes, I want to watch the Olympics just to see how bad the Rio garbage issue is. Not for the sports. My goodness. Like, seriously, are some of you going to watch just to see what goes wrong? 
See how much sewage they have to swim through in that one? They've cleaned most of that up. A little sewage is fine to swim through, just not a lot. (laughs) That should be the slogan for these Olympics. Real, less sewage than you expected. Uh, Brian from Lloyd. Hello, Brian. Thanks for listening. He says, I had a sports uh, history professor in Red Deer who said it came out uh, after South Korea that they were all dirty and that the U.S., Great Britain, and other large nations said they would never host another Games if their runner was outed for doping and Johnson was the closest thing uh, to being American and they went with him. I guess he means uh, oh South Korea, yeah. Well... Brother Rob says, hey, Reed, the sponsors and broadcasters should threaten to pull their money unless they can clean up the entire process. That'd be quite a statement. Brother Rob, I'm too cynical to think that that would ever happen, but I understand what you're saying. Todd says, no matter what anybody says, steroids are harmful to your body. It's not fair to open it up because it puts unfair pressure on athletes who prefer not to destroy their organs. Well, that's another thing. There, there are negative, I mean, off the top of my head, Lyle Elzaldo, the uh, former, uh, was he a raider? Somebody will have to help me out here. Didn't he die from steroid fallout? Uh, did not Ken Caminiti, the former Padre, I want to say he was 1994 NL MVP. Did, did, did he not die from, and, and which, um, oh, who was the female sprinter? Was it, was it Florence Griffith Joyner? Did she not die as a result of uh, fallout from steroid use? I hope I got that right. Or is she still with us? I'm looking her up on the fly here. Florence Griffith Joyner died in uh, 1998 at the age of 38. This is off her Wikipedia page. Um, Oh, she died from an epileptic seizure. Yeah, I think there was some suspicion that this could have been some kind of fallout. The, the coroner had requested that Griffith Joyner's body specifically be tested for steroids, but was informed there was not enough urine in her bladder and that the test could not be accurately performed on other biological samples. But, you know, there have been some athletes who've died unusually young where you've thought, what was going on? All right, uh, Drew's View says, in my mind... The taint of constant cheating is quickly rendering the Olympics irrelevant. Another texture says, in the spirit of fair play, shouldn't the Russians lose credit for past medals won, like Ben Johnson? That could happen. Paul says they will always find a way around testing, so why bother and make it such a big deal and just let them do what they want? Uh, If the media doesn't make a big deal about it, the fines will make a big deal about it. That is from Paul. Interesting issue. The games will be starting in a couple of weeks in Rio. And, of course... Hey, i got to wish Angela White and the other Canadian athletes the best, nonetheless. You can keep the text coming to 630-630. Here's what we're going to do. P.K. Subban. Singing country music? We'll get the details. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.